Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Amen. Let's turn to the popular scripture, Ezekiel 37, uh, one, uh, verse 1. And I'll, I'll probably stop around verse 11, but I may keep going. Okay. Again, popular portion of scripture, but I believe the Lord uh, in my time of rest or my time of a couple days away supernaturally led me to this uh, verse uh, and highlighted some key principles on how to navigate our valley season. Navigating our valley season. How many have been in a valley? Right? Well, I'm going to tell you some things that most of us don't know this, but we spend more time in the valley than in the mountain. And so we have to learn how to live in the valley because mountaintops are only moments. Okay, amen? So we thank you for that. So look at, look at the verse 1. The Lord took hold of me. This is the NLT. Ezekiel. And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley with the bones. Most people, when they preach, they, 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 they focus on the dry bones, which is important, and they focus uh, on, on the army, right, which is important. But hardly anyone focuses on the valley. The bones were in the valley. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered. Everybody say scattered. Everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then the Lord asked me, Son of man, can these bones live, sorry, be li- become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Very popular scripture. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put this is key, flesh and muscles on you and cover you. with. If I say cover, cover you with skin, I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh form over the bones. The skin formed to cover the bones, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, I'm almost done. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. Look at verse 10. So I spoke this message as he commanded, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life. Now look at this little phrase. And they stood up on their feet. They stood up on their feet. They stood up on their feet. A great army. Verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of God or people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry, hope. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. We've said that recently. Therefore prophesy to them. And this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Rise again. And I'm going to skip that for time. Can I hear an amen for that? 
Now, I want you to look at me because I'm going to give you a little intro. Is uh, Ezekiel, uh, the Lord came to Ezekiel in a time of uh, great despair and trouble of the people of God. The, he was mostly primarily talking to a, a remnant of Judah that was very displaced, discouraged, because they were in Babylonian captivity. All right? So they were in captivity to the Babylonians, so the timing of this word came in a very rough and challenging season. Let me pause and say, aren't you glad that at some of the lowest seasons in your life, there's a thus saith the Lord? There's a word that's always going to come forth. Even when you don't know at the last minute, the Lord always gives a prophetic word when we are in a valley season, Right? especially for a long valley season. So he comes to, to Ezekiel in this time, but also, remember, Ezekiel, the prophet, also has to live in this condition because he lives there. So he had to learn how to live in the valley. And so sometimes, though, God's instructions come to us when we don't feel like hearing them. Can I hear an amen? How many of you guys heard a, a word that was for you, but you just didn't want to hear it? <laughs> Whether it's a word of correction, whether it's the 10th word of hope, and you're like, I'm tired of these words of hope. I want the manifestation of hope. Right? I'm tired of I'm going to get healed. You're going to get healed. I want to be healed. So it, it, it comes in a time where it's a frustrating time for the, for the children of Israel. But So I want to speak to you this morning uh, a little bit different. I want to speak to you about the realities that we face in the valley season. Say the valley season. So I want you to see what the valley represents. Uh, the first slide here, the first point. So the valley season represents the, now listen to me, the challenging and frustrating seasons of our lives. Our, how many are in a frustrating season? Listen, I had this message about five days ago, so I'm, I'm not pointing out anybody. I already had it finished, right? How many, how many are in a frustrating season? Okay, just because it's frustrating doesn't mean, this does not mean that the Lord does not want you in that season. And it's a challenging season. I think the problem with the body of Christ is when things get challenging, uh, we do not understand what he's trying to do in that season. And so, the valley represents the challenging season. So it's fair to say that people spend a lot more time in the valley than in the mountaintop. I'm here to tell you this. I'm going to lovingly pop our bubbles. We spend a majority of our time in the valley instead of the mountaintop. And what happens with Christians is they give up because they are flip-flopping it, and they're thinking that they always need to be in a mountaintop experience, and the moment they come back to reality, they want to quit. But I got news for you. We live much longer in the life. Probably 85% of our life will be in the valley, and mountaintops are only moments of favor, moments where God gives us specific instructions, and they're moments of delight. They're moments of God's favor. What is a mountaintop experience? They're moments that God gives instruction or watches supernatural strength so you can come back down and live in the valley. Oh, come on, man. I love you, but we're not going to live in the mountaintop. We will have mountaintop experiences, but we're not going to live there. That's what everyone thinks. Oh, I'm just going to be in the glory, in the glory, in the glory. Guess what our mountaintop experiences are for us? Let me give you some examples. When the birth of your first child 
or your second child. Mountaintop experience. When you get a promotion and a raise and, and the Lord honors your faithfulness and you get this promotion and you're financially good for a little bit and man, you're in a mountaintop. Or when you, or when you first had your wedding, come on somebody, you better say amen to that. Don't be rolling your eyes at me. You love that day and your heart was pumping. Those are mountaintop experiences. Watch, the, the, the top one is the day of your salvation. The day that you got saved is a mountaintop experience. But watch this. Everything else is in the valley. So it would behoove you. I got that word from, from Harvest. I'm not that smart. It would behoove you. To learn how to live in the valley if we're going to live in the valley longer than we are on the mountaintop. Jesus went to the mountain for a couple of hours to get instruction from the Father and to pray. Then he refueled himself to come down and deal with people. Moses spent 40 days in the mountain. Not his whole life. 40 days. And he got divine instruction, given of enough supernatural strength so he could come down and give the law to the people and live among the people. I'm here to tell you, stop being offended if you're not in the mountain. We will get there. We will have mountain experiences. We will have seasons of glory. You know, we'll have seasons where the waters are tranquil and there's no challenges. God uses those seasons to refuel us. But real life means you're going to have to go through some things. There's going to be some things that you and I have to walk in victory because we're still in this flesh. We're still in this fleshly body. We're not floating around with, with, without a, a, a fleshly body. We are going to have fleshly struggles. So if it's part of the game, stop trying to figure out why it's happening to you. I'm preaching good this morning. It's like saying, why am I in this house? Why do I have to pay the light bill? Why do I have to pay the rent? It's part of life. And the valley is part of life. So... If we're going to be living a good part of our lives in the valley, we need some biblical perspective of how to live in the valley, right? So watch this. In order, look at, the, look at, this, look at this slide. In order to fix a problem, we got to know that there's a problem. Hey, look, listen, let's pause on that because I could preach on that for a little bit. Stop ignoring the problem and start addressing the problem. If you, if you don't talk about the problem, if you don't admit that there's a, a problem or a challenge, you will be frustrated even more. You've got to know about the problem to fix the problem. So what am I saying? The Lord comes to Ezekiel, and the first thing he shows him is a valley. And the valley is with all these dry bones. I want to focus on how to navigate you and I when we're in the valley season because it's most of the time. And I think what we need to uh, do is, is almost get rid of this false expectation of why things are not always going to be on cloud nine. Guess what? You're going to have some stressful times, but that's how you use your faith. That's how you use your sword. That's how you use. And if, listen, and if you are not careful, you could be uh, uh, disoriented in the season of the valley when he's actually trying to do something in you. The valley is a great place that God wants to confront some issues in your life because it's hot and it's smoggy and it's frustrating and all the stuff of your heart starts coming out in the valley. Some people say, I'm in a valley season. No, no, that's your life. 
Your, your life is in the valley. You have moments of mountaintop experiences to refuel you, to get away, to get a sabbatical, and then come back down and apply those principles in life. Come on, say amen. So the Bible, in Bible times, this is, this is important. I wrote this down. In Bible times, um, um, only those who understood times and seasons, watch this, knew what to do to get perspective on things when you're in a certain season, especially in the valley. Numbered, listen, numbered with the, 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 um, the army of David and Hebron were the chiefs of the sons of Issachar. There were the chiefs. There was 200 chiefs. And the, well, the sons of Issachar that were assigned to David when he was about to take over the kingdom of Saul. You know why he was assigned to David? Because the sons of Issachar knew how to discern the signs and the seasons and lead them to the right path. Oh, come on, somebody. Look, look, look at this. Just so you know. Look at First Chronicles 12 real quick. Verse 23 and 32. Because I, I, I feel that the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. The Lord highlighted this to me. Look at verse 23. Look at this. Look, look at this. Now these were the numbers of divisions that were equipped for war and came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him, according to the word of the Lord. Now look at verse 32. Of the sons of Issachar, watch this, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. In other words, the season. They understood the season to, in, order, in order for you to get from one season to the next, right? There were 200 of them, and all of their brethren were at the command. Can I say something? It's important in our valley season to have some sons of Issachar friends around us and some sons of Issachar family and some sons of Issachar people around us so that they could help us discern the season that we're in. Because if we don't, we will get clouded by something that the enemy is trying to blind us in. We need some sons of Issachar around us. We need some people to fight with you to get you into a place that understand the sea. Oh, come on. That understand the season that you're in. You need people around you that are sons of Issachar that understand the season that you're in and that the season that you're in is not because you're immature. and be, Because if they don't understand the season that you're in, they won't understand why you're crying. Come on, somebody. They won't understand why you're frustrated. They won't understand why you're grumpy. They won't understand why you're trying to, to, to do things. And, 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 and it's not about immaturity. It's about having people to understand the season that you're in and help you translate to the next season that you're going to get to a victory we need some we need some sons of Issachar friends around us that know the seasons that you are in and can relate to the season that you're in to help you into that next season well I don't know why they're that way I don't know why they're all serious I don't know why because I'm trying to birth something go when you birth something and you don't have people around you that are looking at you and discerning you falsely the reason why I told my leaders that I get frustrated is because I value excellence. If they didn't understand, if I didn't have sons of Issachar that understood, they would say, oh, man, we have a grumpy pastor. No, I just value excellence. And when there's no excellence, frustration starts to arise in me. And we need to have people around us to see the same season that we're seeing. Oh, glory to God. Say amen. amen. Look at this next point. In order, I'm going to have a lot of points for you today. I hope you don't mind. In order to go to our next season, look at this on the screen, triumphantly and still have sustaining joy. Can I just pause on that? 
it, it, it's sustaining joy. That means you have joy in this season, and when you translate, you have joy. Not because of the changing of seasons. It's because your heart has been immovable in that season. In order to go to our next season triumphantly and still have sustaining joy, this is a long one, we need the right people around us that understand the sacrifices and surrender for the next season. We need people around, you need people around you that understand the sacrifice and surrender that is taking you to get to that next season of freedom, the next season of, of faith, the next season of stepping out, the next season of involvement, right? The, you need people around us uh, that are sons of Issachar, that are not going to just complain and be like, oh, my God, look at them. All of you are under, uh, under some valley season. And if you don't have some people around you that understand the season, they're going to look at you weird. <laughs> Say, discern the season. Come on, discern the season. But I want to harp on something that I haven't harped on in Ezekiel 30, 37 verse 2. It gives us a prophetic revelation of one of the biggest challenges during our valley season. Are you ready? I'm going to share it with you. There are two main phrases that is going to be up there on the screen. In Ezekiel 37, that are realities when we are in the valley. There's going to be scatteredness and there's going to be dryness. I'm going to prophesy to you today. If you are in a valley season, especially a longer valley season in your life where things are unstable, things are not as stable as they used to be, maybe financially, things are not stable uh, with your family or your job as it used to be. One of the two main ingredients when we're stuck in a long time in a valley season is scattered and dry. Everybody say scattered, say dry. Most preachers focus on the dry part, which is a reality in the valley, but we never focus on the scattered part. Do you realize that when we're in the valley, this is just the revelation that I got, that some of the reasons that we are dry is because we become so busy that we don't prioritize things anymore. We don't prioritize that one thing that Mary of Bethany had, and we're, our time is divided into seven, eight, watch this, different responsibilities and priorities that our time and our commitment become scattered. And this is just a little, little revelation here. And because of we become so scattered in our our priorities, we become dry. We focus on, they just got dry. Well, how did they get dry? You know why? Because bones of a skeleton were meant to be united together, not divided. So when, when you are divided in your time, when you have seven, eight different responsibilities in your life, and now the pressure's increasing, and now you have stress, and you have this, you have maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes with the Lord, and maybe 30 minutes with your spouse. Come on, am I talking to somebody? Come on. And we get so busy, and we get so stressed that we become scattered all over the place in our life. Evaluate your life for a second. Am I dry? Why am I dry? I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you this in a second, the, some of the symptoms of dry bones spiritually, okay? And in my opinion, I didn't get them in the book. They're probably the top, 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 top. I'm not saying this to brag. The top reasons and, sorry, the top manifestations of dry bones spiritually. Like, in other words, what does a dry bone Christian look like? That's like a weird. What does a, a, a dry bone Ezekiel Christian nowadays look like? I'm going to tell you in a couple minutes. Because I believe these are the top five signs or warning signs that we've become very dry. But let's talk about this as a family for a second. Why have we become dry? 
Is it because we don't love the Lord? Or because we become scattered? Everybody say scattered. Stress causes us to be scattered. Busyness causes us to be scattered. Taking on multiple. You know what some people just need to do? You just need to learn how to say no, some of you. Some of you, you say yes to everything. And listen, if you don't manage your time, someone else will manage it for you. You better preach, Pastor George. I'm trying to. If you don't manage your time, someone will. Some of you have been offended at me because I just don't have the time anymore. I don't have the time anymore to do one-on-one or to follow up with all your, or your calls. Not because I don't love you. I just have a process in place. As we grow, I have to give it to some of my elders. And it's tough to say no to people because they don't like you. But if I'm going to get out of this valley season, I have to learn how to not be scattered. Woo! Some of you are scattered. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. You're scattered with babysitting. You're scattered with the, 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 the soccer team. And you're scattered with the, the, your job. And you're scattered with your spouse. And you're scattered. And you, it's not fair because you give 10 pieces of percent of the pie to each person. And each person is getting 15% of you instead of all of you. Imagine the Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm going to go there. We don't talk about busyness. Busyness, I'm going to tell you, is a stealth secret killer of the enemy uses to dry us out. Ooh, I'm going to run around the church a little bit. I'm not saying that we can't be productive. But I am saying productivity, the result of productivity becomes an idol in our life. And because we want production so much, we're willing to risk the priorities and let go of some things so we could keep that fire growing. Can I hear an amen? Ezekiel saw the bones that were scattered. It's the mountain and the valley. I said this before a couple of weeks ago where Jesus was up there on the mountain and he's all the glory of God. You remember that story? And he comes down to the valley and faces real life. But he was ready. Say ready. Now here's the other thing that I want to point out. Another reality of the, sca- uh, of the scattered bones in the screen. Another reality of scattered bones is a need for unity. So one part of scattered bones speaks of our life being scattered. Honestly, by the raising of your hands, how many feel that your life has just been scattered with different priorities? Come on, it's all right. You're not going to answer the altar call for scatteredness. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe now that I see that, I will. I don't know. I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord. I got him. But the other half of scattered, watch this. And this is going to speak really prophetically. I, I, I'm telling you, I felt this when I was away. The Lord highlighted like a magnifying glass the word scattered. And I saw two realities of scattered. One, busyness. You know what the other half is? A need for connection. Some of you feel disconnected. That's the scattered. You feel a sense of disconnection Woo! with people, with God, with your church. There's a disconnection. And when you feel disconnected, all kinds of emotions that are not healthy will start rising up in you. There's, what, what, what does scattered also mean? There's a need for unity. The Holy Spirit brings healing when there's unity. The Holy Spirit brings healing by the part when there's unity and when there's connectivity. So some of you are failing to connect with people 
and you're failing to connect with God, there's a connectivity issue with you. And that's a scattered reason, and that's why you're becoming dry. Because the light is still on, the power is still on. You're just not connected. It's like the radio. When you start, when you hear the radio, the old-fashioned radios or, or, or Pandora, whatever it is, and you're and, and it's playing, and you and you unplug it from the socket, it's still going. You just don't hear it. The moment you replug it in, the voice starts coming back up again. Are you ready for a revelation? When you feel scattered, the voice of God seems faint in your life. Because it's that unplugging. So it goes from, hey, son, hey, daughter, come over here to. He's still speaking. But we become scattered and we have become um, a need for unity. Now, what does a need for unity speak of? Lots of things. It could be uh, bitterness towards other people uh, for unity's sake. It could be your disconnection with God. But look, look at what I, I wrote some things down. The power of the Holy Spirit and a greater degree of healing comes when there is biblical unity among us. Guys, it's all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible. On the day of Pentecost, they were all what? In one accord. <laughs> Do you realize that the Holy Spirit could have came any time? He waited till they were all in unity. Wow. So the enemy tries to scatter us. Do you realize? Do you, are you connecting the dots? So that there's very little power in us. Because power is synonymous to unity. You're not, I'm not getting a lot of amens here. And they were all together in one accord. The enemy starts putting seeds about this person, seeds about that person, seeds about your, your family, seeds about your job, seeds about your, your church. And, they, and, and one accord is not there anymore. So there's very little power. Very little power. They were all in one accord. Watch this. And the Holy Spirit came down. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in. What's the next verse? If you know the Bible, it is like the oil that drips down from the uttermost parts of Aaron to his beard all the way to the uttermost garment. What is oil symbolic of in the Bible? The Holy Spirit and the anointing. You're right. You're right. Come on, buddy. The anointing of the Holy Spirit comes through unity, right? part of it. But here's my favorite verse. If you know me for a long time, this is like my staple verse when it comes to some of my DNA for inner healing. Um, and I don't apologize for it, but I want you to turn to Hebrews 12, verse 12, 12. In the name of Jesus, 12, 12. Hebrews 12, 12. Are you getting something this morning? Hebrews 12, 12 through 15. My all-time favorite scripture, one of the top when it comes to uh, inner healing, uh, especially when it comes to uh, this. Now, I, I kind of got a little revelation when I got this again. I've read this a million times. But in this, in this scripture, it talks about solving, in a sense, the scattered reality in our life. Pause. Look at me for a second before I read this scripture. Don't answer me, but answer this in yourself. Who in my life has become scattered because of me? Because of the enemy, because of my hurt, what has become scattered in my life uh, because of my situations? Now watch this. Therefore, strengthen the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame, 
I'm not saying you're lame. But saying what is lame may not be dislocated. In other words, it's not. It's, it's, it's scattered, right? But rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people. Not some people, not the people that you like. That's, this is not the, 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 the you version, right? People pursue peace with all people and holiness. This is scary. Without which no one will see the Lord. Now listen to me. We, we, we stop there, but please read the next verse. Looking carefully. Everybody say, everybody say carefully. What does that mean? Looking carefully within yourself, in your life. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. By what people become defiled? By what? By the root of bitterness. And if I'm honest with you, the root of bitterness tries to spring up in the valley season. Why? Because we're dislocated and we are scattered. That's why the Bible says uh, in Proverbs 8, one of my verses, a man who isolates himself, rages against all wise judgment and seeks, uh, and, and, and seeks his own counsel. Why do you think they put people in jail that are already in jail, they put them in solitary confinement? They take them away from community and they put them into solitary confinement when they're already in jail. Why? Because even the jail system know if you really want to punish someone, if you really want to mess with their head and their emotional health, separate them from community. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. Think about that. Let's put the opposite into play. Those who are not planted will not flourish. So if I was a devil, which I'm not, if I was the devil and I knew that those who are planted will flourish, what do you think I'm going to do and work overtime to try to get you to do? To got to get you uprooted and not planted. A series of circumstances and offense cause you to be uprooted. Watch. The Bible is clear that unity brings power. Now look at this next point. Oh, this is good. I'm preaching to myself here. When we are severely and completely dried out, actually, no, that's not, that's not a sign. That's not, a, that's not a, um, a slide, but I will say that. When we are severely and completely dried out in our spiritual walk with the Lord, it's because we've been lifeless for a long time. I've said this before when I spoke a little bit about this, that there was doctors that said that once bones are dry, they've been dead for a long time. If we become dry to the point where we don't desire the things of God anymore, then that means we've been lifeless for a long time. We haven't had oil for a long time because it takes a long time for bones to dry out. If you look at doctors, medical reports will say the, blood, the, the, the last thing that still have life in them when people die is the bones. So if we become totally dry, we haven't had life for a long time. Can I hear an amen? So watch this. Look at, look at uh, the next point. Some spiritual signs of scattered and dry bones developing in our relationship with the Lord. Are you ready for some signs? Now, these are, to me, the top signs. <laughs> no one said amen to that, but it's all right. How many want to see some signs that we are developing dry bones in our walk with God? So here are some signs. They're very, they're very simple, but their signs are, are really um, the most powerful ones, in my opinion. 
Number one, here are some signs that you're scattered and you're developing a scattered lifestyle and uh, developing dryness. When there's little to no desire for the reading and hearing of the word of God. When you're here at church and you're like, this is so boring. I want something deeper than this. You become scattered slowly. You become dry slowly. Because the word of God is living. Any word of God is living. Not some parts. All of the word is living. Right? If you, in your personal life, stop listening to podcasts. Think about this. I'm modernizing it. And if you you don't take time, if, if it's a very big struggle for you to hear the word of the Lord and accept the word of the Lord or even be excited of the word of the Lord, that's a sign that you're becoming scattered and you're becoming dry in the valley. We've all been there. But we can't stay there because that's a dangerous place. Look at what the Bible says about the word. You know, everybody says it's the Holy Spirit that brings fire. It's true. But it's the word that brings the fire in your heart. Guys, if you don't desire the word, I'm going to say something real deep. If you don't desire the word, if you're not a person of the word, there will be no sustaining fire in your heart. You say, well, that's the Holy Spirit. You say, that's the Holy Spirit. They both work together. The spirit and the word are married to each other. In Genesis, there was the spirit hovering. Then the word came. So watch this. Watch this. Look what Jeremiah says about the word. Look about the word. I'm talking about a sign if your heart is getting scattered, life is getting scattered and dry. You have little desire for the word of God. Watch this. Look at what Jeremiah 23 says. Does not my word, my what? My word burn like a fire, says the Lord. Isn't it, isn't it like a mighty hammer that smashes the rock into pieces? What does that? Well, come on. The word. You better get excited for the word. Here, here's a meter. Listen, listen. Here's a meter. I'm giving this for free. This is not in my notes. Here, here's a meter to check how on fire you are. How, how, lo- how much do you desire the word of God? Or do you just operate in your giftings only and only the, open the scriptures when you're at church? Come on, somebody. Come on, let's be honest. We could operate in our gifts. Do you actually take time and read the word or you're more important about the gifts of God in you? Or do you only open the Bible when, when church is here? Right? Look at Jeremiah 20, verse 9 in NLT. But if I say, Jeremiah, goes, if I never mention the Lord or speak in his name, the, I can't. Why? Because the word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. You got that old, old uh, gospel song, that fire in my bones. But let me tell you, it's true. If you truly have the word of God in you, it will be a fire that cannot be quenched. And when you try to backslide, the fire is going to be shut up in your bones. God can't let you backslide if the word is in you. It's like the the fire will be too hot. (laughs) Come on, say amen. So when we become dull and lifeless, our desires for the word of God, spiritual conversations will bore you or embarrass you. Let me say that again. That's a powerful statement. When we become dull and lifeless in our desire for the word of God, spiritual conversations will bore you. There's some people in here that you never really have spiritual conversations. You have conversations about hanging out. You have conversations about the games. You have conversations about your giftings. You have conversations about money. But in your private time, when you get together, do you have conversations about God? 
that's a sign that the word of God is burning inside of you. You just can't talk to people for a while without the word oozing out of you. Come on, somebody. I've been in scenarios where I thought a person was on fire and my conversation embarrassed them. And so what that told me, they no longer valued the word. Amen? Now, again, I had this, I had this message five days ago, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, talking about anybody specifically. This is something that the Lord gave me. The second sign is this. The second sign that we are developing, we are scattered in the valley and we're developing dry bones. Are you ready for this? When our conviction level has drastically stopped from what it used to be when we were on fire for God. I have an announcement. God doesn't change. You do. (laughs) If you had a conviction before and no longer have a conviction, something happened because God didn't change. If you really said the Holy Spirit convicted you when you were younger and it no longer convicts you, then that's a sign you're in a valley of dry bones. Because it's dangerous when you no longer have the conviction that you used to be because you start opening doors that you don't want to do anymore. You start opening doors, we start opening doors in our life that does not make sense. That doesn't make sense. So this is a sign. When we begin to rationalize and tolerate rebellion, when we begin to rationalize and tolerate secret sin, then our conviction level has dropped. And guess what? We've been in the valley too long then. We've got to go back up to the mountain. I recently told my staff, and I may, I may give a teaching on it, in just 30 minutes, the Lord downloaded mostly every place where, uh, where people went to the mountain, and specific things happened when they went to the mountain. I'm talking about the valley today, but I may talk about what happens in the mountain. There's a lot of things that happen spiritually, prophetically, and metaphorically in the mountain. Not in a physical mountain, in a retreat getaway type of setting. We all need to get away every now and then and seek the Lord. Away from people, away from family. Now, here's the third sign that we are in the valley and we become way scattered and we become very dry. Look at the third one. I'm going quickly today. When godly friendships and spiritual community no longer interest you and no longer are part of your life. Godly community no longer interests you. Guess what happens? Now your community becomes not just the, the, the church, but you start opening up. I'm not saying that we can't be friends to, the, to, to, to um, people in the world and start witnessing to them. But if I, this is going to sound old school to some of you, but let's stick to the Bible. The Bible says, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. It's the counsel part that I'm talking about. Is when they're so close to you, they become your best friends. Now your best friends are more worldly than Christian people in your life. I know that sounds a little old school, but it's Bible school. It's Bible. It's Bible. I remember one time when I was, in the, I was a youth pastor, there was a, a, a girl in, the, in my youth group that she started backsliding. I started seeing her, 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 how she changed her choice of friends. You know that old grandma tale, show me who your friends are and I'll show you your future. Right? It's true. If all your friends, your top ten, are, if eight of them have nothing to do with God, I'm not saying that they're bad people, and two of them are Christian, it tells me something about your relationship with God. It does. It does. 
I'm not saying in a work setting. I'm not saying in an evangelistical setting. I'm saying for those that you trust to give you counsel. I remember years ago uh, when I was a youth pastor, this one uh, girl was slipping and she started getting all these uh, worldly friends. And I said, hey, listen, um, you need to be careful. And I was just kind of cautious being a pastor. You be careful. You know what she said? She says, don't worry, pastor. They're good. They keep me in check. I'm like, really? I'm like, when is it that a worldly person keeps a Christian in check? It's like it's like it's like the 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 worldly people saying to Jesus, Jesus, no, 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 you can't you can't be do, talking all that holiness stuff. Okay, okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I was okay here, right? Godly friendships and spiritual community no longer interest you. That means you've been in the valley for a long time. Can I just be honest? Spiritual community should excite you. Godly friendships should excite you. I get refreshed when I'm around the people of God. I, I do, because we start talking. You know, the Bible says, encourage one another daily, lest you fall, lest you uh, have uh, hardened into the deceitfulness of sin. So, so encouragement from brothers and sisters of the Lord actually has a propensity to stop a hardened heart of progression, of a hardened heart. Can I hear an amen? Are you awake this morning? Okay. Look at number four. I'm going quickly, because we had a lot of points. The fourth sign that you're in the valley too long. And you're scattered, you're becoming scattered and dry. Look at this. When your calling or your assignment from God becomes more of an unenthusiastic burden instead of a delight. Now, I understand that there's a burden in our calling, but I have been there. I've been in there in that valley where I did not want my calling anymore. How many have been there? Where the calling of God in your life, you're like, you know what? It's just, I, it's, it's not fun anymore. It's, it's not, it's not good. I don't, I'm not motivated. I, I don't want. I just do it by sheer obedience, and that's fine. But here's the thing: the Lord wants us to be enthusiastic about the call of God in our life. Can I hear an amen? When your calling or assignment becomes an enthusiastic burden instead of a delight, we become dry and scattered. Now watch this. I, I, I picked up probably the top five. The fifth one is pretty no-brainer, no right? But we have to talk about this. When prayer and worship no longer excites you as it used to. When our personal prayer life, our corporate prayer life, don't excite you anymore. When, when our private worship doesn't excite you. When our playlist is not worship. And we don't get excited about worship anymore. Then we have, we have to address an issue in our life. You have to address these issues. Now, here's a beautiful part. Right? I want to I have uh, the worship team come up in just a second because I'm, I'm going to be closing. But what uh, the Lord told me is not to just focus on the, on, the, on the valley. There's a promise. Everybody say promise. I'm going to say a promise. There's a promise to those who are in the valley. Are you ready? You know what the first promise is? So, so watch this. This is where I'm going to help you. Because I give you symptoms of scatteredness. I give you symptoms of those who are in a dry, uh, uh, dry state and scattered state. But I want to give you the promise that's in the valley. If you're in the valley, there is a promise because God came to Ezekiel in the valley. So, so watch this. Watch this. The first promise from the Lord, listen, is when we're in a valley season, look at this, is the power of confession and the prophetic word. The promise in a valley season is the prophetic word of the Lord coming to you. 
Listen, the Bible says in verse 7, so I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise. Listen, listen to me. There is power in one prophetic word of the Lord for you to get you out of that valley season. Here's the promise of the Lord. If you are in a valley season, get the word of God, but also look at the prophetic word of the Lord for you. Pull on those prophetic words of your past. That's why the Bible says to Timothy, he says, fight the good fight. Fight the fight of warfare with the prophetic words that I've been giving you. Timothy, Timothy, listen, the words that I've given you, fight the fight of faith with that. You know what I, what I feel like some of you guys need to do? Pull out prophetic words in your life that have not come to pass and begin to read them out loud. Begin to read prophetic words out loud over your life and release them and allow faith to come. Why? Faith comes by hearing of the? Come on, say the power of the prophetic word is now. Oh, man, I just feel this. I'm sorry. When Ezekiel prophesied to dead, scattered bones, immediately the bones started going snap, 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 snap. They responded to the word. They responded to the word. Now watch this. This is what I, this, I'm going to have the worship team up here. They can now. The second one is something that I got a revelation of. The second one is the promise when you're in the valley is strength and protection. Now, wait a minute. Strength and protection. When you're in the valley season, strength and protection is a promise. Come on, I'm not getting in a lot of amens this morning. What does that mean? What is strength and protection? Where did I get that from? Look at, look at this. The beautiful part is in verse 8. It says, then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin. Everybody say Skin formed and covered their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. What does muscles symbolize? Huh? So there were bones. And then the prophetic word came. This is a progression, right? What happens is you're going to get a prophetic word. You're going to pull on the prophetic word. Then what happens is strength, muscles, is coming to you. Listen, watch this. This is for somebody. You got to hear this. Don't tune out. And then skin covers the muscles. So there's strength, and then there's protection. Sorry, there's covering. Say strength and covering. This is, th- listen to this. This is for somebody today. While I was praying, this stood out to me. The muscles came on the bones, and then skin covered. I heard the Lord say for somebody, I've got you covered. I don't know, listen, I don't know who this is for, but I heard this phrase, I've got you covered in this season. If you are in a season that you are in despair and you are in a valley and you feel naked, the Lord is about to give you strength and he's about to cover you. He's about to say, listen, you are covered in this area. Don't worry because I'm about to put muscles and skin over you. Come on, church. Come on, church. I don't know what season you're in, but the the Holy Spirit last night said, tell them I got them covered. Some of you feel like a skeleton, but God is going to cover you. He's not, listen, he has not let the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. His protection is for those that are still in the valley. 
Do you realize that God spoke to Ezekiel to prophesy to a bunch of dead bones and God called them the army? Can I have news for you? It's not the polished people that God is only looking for. God uses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. He used the dead bones, the scattered bones. And he said, listen, when they were alive, I can imagine, they were warriors. When they had muscles and skin and they were walking this earth, they had swords in their hand. They did exploits, but now they're scattered. But the destiny remains the same. I'm going to put them back together. I'm going to put the heart back into them. I'm going to put muscles and strength back into them. Then I'm going to cover them. Some of you that are going through a financial problem, God has got you covered. Some of you that are going through a problem with your son or your daughter, God's got you covered. Why? Because the word of the Lord is coming forth. The prophetic word of the Lord. Can I say something? Even while I'm saying, you got to believe it in order for it to come to pass. Ezekiel would have been like, come on, speak to the winds. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Come on, Bones. I may have just had a lot of pizza last night. I don't know what I'm, 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 I'm looking at this valley, dry bones, and I'm hearing the Lord say, speak to the bones. Can you know how crazy that is? We, we sing songs about it like it's no deal. Do you know how crazy that is? I go into a graveyard, whole bunch of bones, and you're crying, and the Lord says, speak to those dead skeleton bones. You're going to be like, get behind me, Satan. The Lord says, all those bones once were strong. They once walked this earth with power. They once had a destiny. They once had a purpose. They once, they once did mighty exploits. But things happen and they scattered and they're dry. But I'm going to rise them up again. He's going to cover you. He's going to bring strength into you. I, I really don't know who needs this, but some of you are pleaded from strength. And he's about to speak the word of the Lord over you. I want to encourage you to find the word of the Lord that fits, that heals your situation. Whether it's a podcast, whether it's YouTube, turn on the word. Be frantic to get the word of the Lord over you. Hallelujah. You know the third one? I'm almost done. You know the third promise in the valley? We're talking about the promise. Okay? The third promise is the Lord will breathe life once again to the things that were spiritually and emotionally dead in our lives. <laughs> Not only is he putting muscle and strength and covering, he said, the Bible says when they came together, there was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. Watch this. Uh, this is a revelation. One of the things that I feel gets lost in the valley season is the person of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that I feel gets lost when we are stuck in the valley is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When is the last time you got refilled and rebaptized and even spoke in tongues? Yes, I said tongues in church. When is the last time you lifted up your hands and rivers of living waters began to bubble up inside of you? You need to work that muscle. And if you don't feel like it, just start pacing back and forth and invite the person of the Holy Spirit. Why do I say the Holy Spirit? Because the word pneuma in the Greek means breath, means the breath of God, means the 
breath of the Spirit. And the Bible says breath came into them. Who do you think that was? It wasn't just some bad breath. It was the Holy Spirit. We need to invite the Holy Spirit back again into our wilderness season, into our season of dryness. We have stopped saying, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, I invite you. Holy Spirit, fill me. We've stopped. We've neglected the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're dry. But the Holy Spirit comes like a wind. He comes like a fire. He comes like a stirring. We need to say, Holy Spirit, come. In my dry season, I don't have it, but you do. Release your spirit in me. Be not drunk with wine, as it in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing songs to one another. You want to identify a spirit-filled believer? You start bubbling up with songs. I have a revelation for you. The Lord spoke this to me one time. He said, every day there's a new song. Every day you have a new song. Today I woke up, you know what the song was? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. That's the song that came. Worship his whole. So guess what I did? Guess what I did? I put it on and I started singing to the song that was in my spirit. Breath comes back into a displaced body. Some of you have been displaced. Some of you have been scattered. But the Holy Spirit is about to breathe life emotionally in that calling. Breathe life into that purpose again. He's going to continue to do it. He's going to continue to do it. But you know what the last thing is? Oh, I love this. Watch this. Watch this. The Bible says, look at the last point, that he's going to restore. You say, how did you get restored? How do you get restored? Because, I never preached this before, because the Bible says that when the breath came, they stood on their feet. Wait, 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 wait. They got knocked down so many times. But a boxer, when they get hit and they get up, that speaks of restoration, speaks of strength. I never saw that. They got on their feet. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? I'm going to close with this. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 24. Stay standing in the TPT version. Oh, my God. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. For the lovers of God. For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times. But they will continue to rise over and over again. But the unrighteous are brought down just by one calamity. You know what the Bible says? After the breath came, they stood on their feet. That means everything that the devil had tried to take away from you during the valley season is about to be restored. You're going to stand back on your feet. The devil tried to destroy you and cripple you. He tried to make you not walk anymore. But when he breathes on you, you're going to get back up on your feet. And you're going to start walking again. You're not knocked down. You're just temporarily out. But the Lord says, if you just surrender this season, if you just surrender this time and stop complaining, I'm about to breathe life and I'm about to restore what the devil stole from you. And watch this, watch this. You are going to get back on your feet somebody needed to hear that somebody needed to hear you need to get back on your feet you've been crawling for a long time you've been sitting for a long time stand up start walking the bible says get back
back up. The righteous may fall seven times, but they keep rising up over and over and over again. And the devil's saying, I threw everything I had at them, and you're still standing. And you look the devil in the eye and say, I'm still here. I'm still standing. You try to destroy me. You threw a sniper shot at me. And the sniper hit me in my head. But I'm still walking. Guess what? When you survive a sniper attack, God will trust you with the supernatural. I want you to get ready to rise up again. Come on, I want you to to get back up again. I want you to get ready that God is covering you and he's putting you back on your feet. I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you, you don't feel like you've been walking. He's about to put you back on your feet. He's about to restore what you've lost. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands. He's about to restore. Get back up. The Lord says get back. Get back up. Come on, get back up. Get back up. Get back up. Come on. You may have been knocked down, but you got to get up. Come on. Come on. They stood back on their feet. Come on. Come on. Don't let the season drown you. Don't let the devil speak to you. Shake that off. Come on. Resurrection's coming today. Victory is coming today. Strength is coming today. He's covering you. He's strengthening you. Come on. Yay. Yay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, lift your hands up. If you're in a valley season, come on. Get ready to receive. Get ready to hear the word of the Lord. Yeah. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. This is the sound. This is the sound of the troubles rattling. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Yeah. Do you believe it? Come on. This is a place make a dead man Come on. Walk again. The Holy Spirit's gonna breathe life into you again. Open the grave. Hey. I'm coming out. Come on. I'm gonna open the grave. Open, open the, the grave. grave. I'm, I'm coming, coming out. out. Open the grave. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm gonna live. Jesus. Come on, one more time, one more time, come on. This is the sound of the troubles rattling. I hear the Lord, come on. I hear the Lord addressing loneliness. I heard the word loneliness. Some of you are battling loneliness specifically, and that's your valley season. The Lord, hear the word of the Lord. You're coming out. You're not going to be lonely. And it's not just romantically, you feel isolated. You feel scattered like these bones. And you feel a lack of connection, a lack of community. The Lord says, don't give up. Don't make irrational choices in this season of valley. The Lord says, I'm going to bring you out and give you repurposes. But the word of the Lord, you have to believe it. You have to believe it. Come on, invite the Holy Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.